here you have a, a principal, her name is Muriel Summers, and she sent in to turn around this failing school. The school's about to be shut down because it's doing so poorly. Mm -hmm. Superintendent comes to her and says, he said, I'll give you one more week to come up with a new idea. Wow. And she's shocked and she goes, well, give me another year. And he goes, no, you got a week to come up with a new idea. She has a few bucks left in her professional development account. She sees Stephen Covey's in town, so she goes to hear him speak. Hello and welcome to Franklin Covey's On Leadership series. My name is Scott Miller and I'm privileged to serve as your weekly host. Today joining us live in the studio is the renowned best-selling author and really leadership visionary Sean Covey. Sean, welcome to How On doing, Leadership. Scott? Glad to, to have you here. It's good to be here. My sense is you've probably read most of these, if not um, uh, more than this well, in your I've, journey. I've, I've probably uh, skimmed a lot of them. Yeah, there's a few of yours yeah. up here as well. I've told yeah. you many times, you have, you have been the author, a prolific author of many books. Mm -hmm. In fact, you are the author or co-author of books that have sold over 10 million copies. Yeah. I mean, that is phenomenal. In fact, most of them you've authored, your, authored yourself, but what is it like to be sitting at the end of this journey where you literally started writing every day at five in the morning and wrote till you know you had to go to work and now to see yeah. the impact it's had it has to be validating yeah no it's uh it's really exciting and cool and i never would have guessed right when i started writing these books yeah. i remember when i started writing the seven habits for teens i decided to write it and i, I got up every morning about 5 a.m yeah. wrote for two hours I for know. like three years thinking i might sell a few copies and yeah and it's actually done pretty well. So it's I, paid off, and it's influence. Yeah, yeah right? it has. How many, and be, don't be humble, <clears throat> how many copies has The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens sold? Yeah, it's sold about 8 million copies around the world. That's in, insane. In about 25 different languages. Right, yeah. arguably the, one of the most influential books ever written in the space for teen leadership, right? Yeah, I wish I could get my teens to read it. Yeah. But. <laughs> in fact, I think there are probably more adults have read it because I hear so many times yeah. people will say, I had a little difficulty with his dad's book, Seven right. Habits, but the principles were so easy to understand in your version. In many ways, it's a great read for adults. Yeah, it is. And I, I think it's easy, an easy read because it's got lots of stories and it's got cartoons and um, it's simple, right. you know, it's written for teenagers, but... Or adults, like me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or immature Vision. adults. Immature yeah. adults, thank yeah. you, yeah. yes, thank you. <laughs> you so, so, Sean, you've written some great books. I mean, you've authored um, Seven Habits for Teens, mm -hmm. Seven Habits of Happy Kids, the Seven Habits Kids series. Yeah. You've authored Six uh, Most Important Decisions, a college textbook, you co-authored the four disciplines uh -huh. and then really the last book kind of almost now your seminal book really is with your dad and others the yeah. leader in me which is sure. today's topic is talk about okay. this yeah. education program right. so you've been in the firm for just shy of 25 years you uh -huh. went to harvard business school you came and um worked here in your i guess late 20s early 30s or so yeah worked your way as an author you're now the president of the education division and i don't know about Maybe 10 years ago, The Leader in Me started. Uh -huh. In fact, Franklin yeah. Covey's had an education division for, gosh, 25 years. I started yeah. in it, right? Right. Yeah. So we've been selling mm -hmm. The Seven Habits to universities, school districts for almost 30 years. But about a decade ago, something interesting happened um, by educators for yeah. educators. Sure. Take a few minutes and take us on the journey of what is The Leader in Me and kind of how did it start? Yeah, sure. Well, I'd call it serendipity. Yeah. You know, we never would have expected this. We didn't plan for it. Uh, this started with um, a school in Raleigh, North Carolina called A.B. Combs Elementary. Mm -hmm. And here you have a, a principal, her name is Muriel Summers, and she's sent in to turn around this failing school, okay. right? She, she arrives and tries her best, but nothing's working. And, and she's got what, what they call a magnet school or a school okay. with a theme, right? Okay. And a lot of schools are like that. And 
her job is to attract a lot of students and she's not attracting anybody. And the school's about to be shut down because it's doing so poorly. Mm -hmm. Superintendent comes to her and says, Muriel, we're gonna, we're gonna change you because you're not attracting anybody. Uh, you've got low test scores, everything's going really bad. And um, he said, I'll give you one more week to come up with a new idea. Wow. And she's shocked and she goes, well, give me another year. And he goes, no, you got a week to come up with a new idea. She's desperate. Um, and so she has a few bucks left in her professional development account. She sees Stephen Covey's in town, so she goes to hear him speak. Okay. Your father? My father. And how Stephen long ago was this, yeah. Sean? This would have been about 12 years 12 ago. 12 years ago. Uh -huh. right. Yeah. So she goes, and she said, I arrived late. I had to sit on the front row, um, and Stephen's speaking on the seven habits. And she said, I had heard of him. I would read a little bit about him. And she said, the habits just blew me away. You know, he's, he's talking about... Uh, being proactive. You are the captain of your life, right? Mm -hmm. Don't let the past hold your hostage future, uh, your future hostage. Right. You know, he'd, he'd talk about, um, you know, seek first to understand, then to be understood, these powerful principles in the seven habits. And she kept saying to herself, this is exactly what our school needs. That have changed countless millions of people's lives right, as adults. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah, so it hit Fine. her for the first time, right? And so during a break, she goes up, Dr. Covey, she gets her courage up, Dr. Covey, Muriel Summers, I'm an elementary school principal. Can these ideas be taught to young kids? And he goes, hmm, well, yeah, we do it with teenagers all the time. She goes, no, no, really young kids, like five, six, seven, eight-year-olds. And he said, he looked at this guy and said, hmm, I don't know why not. Why don't you give it a try and let me know how it goes? And so um, she went back and she thought, I'm going to build a school based on leadership. I'm going to use the seven habits and other leadership ideas and teach my kids reading, writing, math, and how to be a leader of their own lives, right? And so she started this in her school. Um, she started teaching the seven habits to all the adults and the kids. Independent she, of the Franklin Covey Company. Independent of the Franklin Covey Company. She was just germinating this on her own. She just went out on her own. In this weak window that she had to save herself and her school. Exactly. Well, she went back to the superintendent and said, my new idea is leadership. Okay. And he said, that's compelling. Give it a go. Okay, so she got her staff involved. They went out and interviewed parents. What do you want out of your school? Everybody said, we want kids that are self-starters, they're cooperative, they get along well with other people, they're balanced. She basically said um, they talked about these social-emotional life skills that all the parents wanted, right? Same things leaders want in their employees and companies. Exactly. Right. Exactly. They don't have. Yeah, so long story, okay. Um, so she started doing this in her school. She gave her kids leadership roles and responsibilities. Everybody started taking over the school, so to speak. Uh, she taught them how to set and achieve goals. Uh, a year later, her scores shot up, and attendance boomed. Um, four years later, she's named the number one magnet school in the country. Test scores skyrocketed. And this is so a this movie, is how it started. This is a movie script, is it, it not? Is, it I mean, is. This is a movie you would see. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I a mean, true movie, yeah. yeah. Desperate teacher, her and her staff put together this, what she called the leadership model, yeah. right? Who will play Muriel Summers <laughs> in the movie? Yeah, not sure. Yeah. But somebody with a southern accent. Okay, that's got for it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so when I went to visit her school, after she became the number one school in the country yeah. in the magnet status, yeah. um, I was just blown away by it. I said, Muriel, this is unbelievable what you've created this with this school. And she pointed at me and she said, it is your moral imperative to do something about this. I have so many people visiting my school all the time. I'm trying to run a school, but this should be spread hmm. you know, throughout the state, mm -hmm. throughout the country and the world. So that's how the whole thing began, is um, happenstance, encounter of Muriel Summers and Stephen Covey, right. two visionaries right. Right. that wanted to bring leadership and the power of the seven habits and other leadership uh, 
content to children. Right? And you and your father and yeah. others have been sort of, um, you know, uh, memorialized that process and story in the book. Uh, now, 12 yeah. years later, I understand there's over 4,000 literary schools around the world in 55 countries. I mean, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's a remarkable pollination of the power of leadership at the youngest age possible, yes. right? Yes, yeah, it is. Tell us about the process. When, when, what is the leader in me? Kind of maybe work through the mechanics. I mean, it's sort of a whole school improvement process, mm -hmm. but, process, but what does yeah. it mean to be a leader in me school? Sure. Well, it basically means that um, you are a leader. The leader in me, in, in a nutshell, is it's a whole school improvement model. It impacts everybody in the school, not just the kids, but it also goes to the adults, mm -hmm. right? And I'd also call it a... Um, Educators, <clears throat> administrators, students are all inculturated, in if you will, in these principles. Exactly, yeah. And it's also kind of a global community of right. uh, educators that right. are dedicated to unleashing human potential, mm -hmm. right? So um, there's a strong cultural feel to it. So if a leader in me, um, if a school wants to do leader in me, um, basically we start with training all the teachers in the seven habits of highly effective people. We basically okay. say, you've got to get the on the foundation. same page. It's the foundation, yeah. right? It starts with them, then it goes to the kids. It goes to the kids through lesson plans. Um, so somebody in math, right, that's teaching a math class will learn how to, they might say in the class, you know, let's, let's synergize, let's together, get together in tables and let's use each other's talents. And so the language is being reinforced all the time. Kids are taught how to set and achieve goals, mm -hmm. right? And um, the goals could be, typically they're academic and personal. Mm -hmm. They have one of each, right? Mm -hmm. And so it cascades throughout the whole school, starts with the staff, goes to the students, goes to the parents, and it's all around helping unleash the talent of the children in the school. But it starts with the adults. And my sense is the world's not short on school improvement processes. What, what do you think is the secret sauce or has made the leader in me you know, so indisputably yeah. mm -hmm. um, replicable and, and adoptable for schools? Yeah, a couple things. I think uh, one, it starts with the paradigms of the school. So by, you know, paradigm is the lens through which you see everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's taught powerfully in the seven habits. So the paradigms of the leader and me are, are different, right? So we have five paradigms, overarching paradigms. One is every child can be a leader. Mm -hmm. And so instead of the, these it's five a, that's kids. That's a lens that you teach every exactly. educator, administrator, that they will start seeing their children through. Exactly. Yeah. Every child can be a leader okay. is one of them. Everybody has genius including the staff members, mm -hmm. right? So it's, this belief, this amazing belief in every student. Um, change starts with me. It's another key paradigm, right? So for the adults in the school, we say to them, the first thing we say is, it's crazy to think your school is going to change if you don't change first. Mm -hmm. And so this is going to impact you. And you're going to have to get better at getting along with your colleagues. Could, could be threatening to some people, right? Exactly. Some, it, yeah. is, it is threatening to them sometimes. And yeah. typically they love it. And they go, oh my gosh, this is the best professional development I've ever had before, right? So that's another paradigm is change starts with me. Mm -hmm. Another one is my job is not to control your learning. My job is to empower you to lead your own learning, okay? So it's all about student leadership of their own learning. They have all the students inside the school have a leadership notebook where they keep track of all their goals and exactly how they're doing. And so remember back in school when you never knew how you were doing, you have to go up to the teacher and look at your grades and... Oh, I knew. My parents yeah. were making me give them progress reports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I see your point, yeah. Yeah, but the point is they control their own learning and they keep yeah. track of their own grades yeah. and so right. forth. That's one of the unique aspects of Leader in Me. Yeah. And then the last thing is it's about developing the whole child, not just the academic child. Because 
in today's society, academics are necessary and insufficient. Yeah. Right. You've got to know how to read and write and do yeah. math, but you've also got to know how to get along well with other people, how to resolve conflicts, how to wake up and get up on time, um, how to set and achieve goals, how to manage your time, how to stay balanced, all those things that are so important to employers, right? Yeah. So important to you as a mm -hmm. husband, a mother, yeah. father, whatever, right. right? Sean, with any successful initiative, there are always going to be critics. Right? I'm sure there's been some yeah. critics on Leader and Me. You've spent a lot of time in your team of about 200 people around the, around uh -huh. the nation, at least, yeah. larger in the world, rigorously making sure that it meets standards and drives academics. What are some of the misconceptions that perhaps parents come into the Leader and Me thinking, and then as they get involved, they realized that that's not true, it's really this? Address some of those. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think one of them would be people think it's a curriculum, right? That okay. The leader in me is just, oh, it's a math book, a textbook or something, right? And they get into it and they realize that this is, uh, this is culture. This is about the feeding inside the school. Hmm. There's a great, a great quote by uh, Roland Barth, a great educator, wrote about 30 books. And um, he concludes his, kind of his life's work by saying, the relationships that exist among the adults in the school has more to do with the outcomes of the kids than any other factor. Wow. So how well the adults in the school get along mm -hmm. has more to do with the outcomes of Scott or Sean or yeah. Susie or Cindy right. than any other factor. And it's like the power of the parents in the home, right? Exactly. And so I think when parents get into this, they start to realize, oh, this is cultural. This is about how, the, how people feel in the school. And this is about me, too, as a parent, reinforcing what the kids are learning at school. Mm -hmm. This is about our, our community. That's why we have so many community initiatives going on right now, right? We have entire communities that will adopt the leader in me mm -hmm. to help with their workforce development. Okay, we've got this in about 20 different places throughout the United States right now. Because they realize, you know what, employers are looking around saying, I'm not getting the kind of students I need to work in my business. Mm -hmm. They lack all of these 21st century life skills. Which They're is so why you important. have so many businesses that are helping to underwrite these leader me schools because they want to develop their future workforce. Exactly. Locally. Yeah. 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 We've we'll had, talk more about that. Yeah. We've had hundreds of businesses step yeah. up and, yeah. and help support schools. That's amazing. Yeah. The mission is so exciting. Uh, get practical. How, for a parent, for yeah. uh, an administrator or uh, a teacher who's desperate to help turn their school around, yeah. what's the process? You know, other than calling Franklin Covey, what is the process the school goes through to, be, to adopt the Leader in Me content? Yeah. Well, they go through about, uh, there's about eight days of training over three years. There's coaching. Um, we've got coaches that come into the school and help coach like a lighthouse team, a leadership team. What is a it? What, what is, what's a lighthouse team? It's like a champion team. So go okay. inside the school and say, um, principal, you're leading this whole effort, right? But yep. we need about seven members that are going to be champions. They're going to be teaching everybody else how to do it, right? I see. And we're going to certify them and make them really good at leadership. Parents could be included in that. Um, they can be. Typically yep. educators, particularly we administrators. Well, we typically have three groups. We have a group of educators. Okay. We have a group of kids All right. that are kind of a leadership lighthouse team for kids. Yeah. And we've yeah. got a parent team okay. that do it as well. Right? So that's part of it. Mm -hmm. they're, all, they're in charge of the cultural change and so forth. The key, thing, key things you'll see in a leader in me school if you walk in. What's different? Right? One thing you'll notice that the halls are decked out hmm. in kid stuff. Hmm. Right? Fun. So most schools you go in and they're just sterile and dry and there's a few things here or there and, and why not let the kids take over, right? So the kids love it. They eat it up and we say, make it look like a leadership school. So they'll come up with the third grade will own this hall and they'll mm -hmm. come up with all kinds of ideas and quotes and leadership themes and, um, and you go into school and you'll see this beautiful school decorated by the kids. That'll be one key thing. Another thing you'll see in a school, leader me school, it's different. 
this is all part of implementing, right, mm -hmm. is goals everywhere. You'll walk into a school, you'll see a wildly important goal, a wig. At the very start of the front of the school, Give me say, an example of one you might say. Okay, it'll say, um, our goal is to increase reading scores from 72 to 89% um, passing end of grade exams by May 31st. Which exactly follows the four disciplines execution, execution methodology. Exactly. Right? Yeah, from, from X, X to, to Y, y by when. Yeah. So you'll see that, and then you'll go, and there'll be a grade level goal that will take that and cascade it down. Then you'll see a classroom goal. I see. And then you'll get to a, a, little, a little kid. And you'll get, you'll get to with a second grader, and you'll say, show me your leadership notebook. This is where they keep track of all their goals and stuff. And Johnny will flip it open and say, okay, my, my personal goal is to learn how to do a somersault. My academic goal is to increase my reading by this percentage. And then you'll say, you know, Johnny, what, what are you going to do to get that goal? And he'll have his lead measures written mm -hmm. down. Every night I read for 20 minutes, and I have to read 25 books. Okay, so it's, I'm going to read three books a month. Um, and then he has an accountability partner. So on Friday he'll meet with Susie. And they'll sit down and they'll say, how'd you do on your goal? You know, and I did pretty good. How about you, right? So you can imagine the power of that inside of a school, right? Right, right. So this goal setting is throughout the entire school. It's academic goals, personal goals. It's another key thing. Another thing you'll see is leadership roles, responsibilities inside of the school. So you'll go there and you'll, you'll go there for a tour, Scott, and they'll say. Which I've done, yeah. Um, the adults will do the tour. You'll have five kids that will say, hey, We'll take you around. We're in charge. That's our leadership role and responsibility is to do mm -hmm. tours, right? Um, they've got um, hundreds of leadership roles. So like A.B. Combs, I went there first time. Every kid had a job. Mm. I greet people. I'm mm -hmm. in charge of audiovisual. Mm -hmm. I'm the playground mm -hmm. leader. Mm -hmm. I'm the trash leader. Um, you know, and they apply for these jobs and roles, but the whole idea is you turn the school over to the kids. So I was at a, a conference once. And um, I had five kids up on stage with me, a thousand people. Somebody Which could be risky. <laughs> right? Always risky. You never know what they're going to do. Yeah. Guy raised his hand and he said, what, what's the difference between your school now that you're a leader me school and what it was like before? And he thought for a second, he was probably a 10-year-old kid, and he said, it used to be that the teachers used to run the school. Now we do all the work. Hmm. So those are kind of some of the differences you'll see. You'll see leadership roles and responsibilities. You'll see goals everywhere. You'll see decorated halls. You'll see a common. You'll hear a common language. Yeah. Right. You know, like I mean, did you put many first ways, things first. Yeah. Many ways, very similar to how organizations adopt the seven habits content. You'll go into a you know organization that has a strong seven habits culture and language, and you'll see many of the same goals and reinforcements yeah. to make sure it's enculturated in our behaviors. Yeah. So it's not free. So what are some yeah. of the innovative ways that schools and districts are you know, launching these initiatives around yeah. the world? Yeah, sure. Well, like you said before, we have about um, 4,500 schools now yeah. in 55 wow. countries. Congratulations, so, yeah. man. You Talking about it? taking a yeah. vision started by, by one and not even a client, yeah. right? Yeah. By one principal, and now you're at 4,500 schools worldwide. Yeah. So, um, and it's being used, it's universal because it's based on these universal principles, right? right? Yeah. And it, so it, um, they said Europe won't like it. Europe loves it, right? They said Latin America, it won't go over in Brazil because their curriculums are too strict. Like well, your biggest country, right? We've got 400 <laughs> yeah. schools in Brazil, you yeah. know? And so it's, it's very universal. But, but people, the way they adopt it is um, 
we try to make it as inexpensive as possible, so we discount it right. immensely off of our corporate rates, right. right? Because we want to get this to every child. Which was part of your dad's original mission. Uh -huh. Even yeah. when your dad was the co-founder and the yeah. owner of the Covey Leadership Center, he yeah. always had a robust education division, yes. and he felt like that was sort of the philanthropy of the company, right? He had he did. discounts, yeah. and he spoke disproportionately even to education because he had mm -hmm. such a passion. As an educator, your dad was. He had a passion about it back then. He did, You're yeah. carrying forward that legacy yeah. almost 40 years later. Yeah, we want to make it as affordable as possible. We find um, about a third of the schools across the world have been funded by an organization, like Sopanda, okay. um, fast food, you know, Chinese yeah. fast food. Yeah, my They've kids love it. Hundreds. My yeah. kids would go twice a week if we'd let them. Yeah, those little boxes where you put your change in at the end or you yes. round up your yeah. cell, right. that goes to Leader Me School. So I they've, see. they've uh, funded hundreds of schools throughout wow. the world. Dozens of other corporations. Isn't that great though well. to hear a brand that you love because you love their product, uh -huh. but you also yeah. hear that Panda Express has, you know, made such an intentional investment in yeah. in leadership in in schools where their kids may or may not, you know, become their future employee base. Right. It's, it's very inspiring to see. It's totally you know, inspiring. Businesses like that step up. Yeah, and they began because Andrew and Peggy Chern, yeah. right, Chinese the founders, yeah, the founders, mm -hmm. they come in. And they loved the seven habits. They said, I want to build a culture in our stores like the seven habits. So every employee has to have read the seven habits to yeah. be interviewed, right? Wow. And so when they saw the impact on their own culture, they thought, you're doing this with kids? Yeah. And uh, we've got five schools in our backyard we'd love to sponsor. That's right? how it started. That's how it started, yeah. and then it just, just kind of spread. And you have a process for other local businesses or large businesses that are you know, corporate citizens in their communities to be involved and to maybe co-fund or co-sponsor. Yes. There's a model for that. Yeah, there's a great yeah. model for it, and yeah. I, businesses love it, right? Because they want to, every business wants to give back to the community. Yeah, Education right. is a great place to right. do it. Right. Their kids are in the schools. They can do, the kids are in the schools, yeah. they can do it in their backyard, you know. So we have, you know, all kinds of corporations that will fund dozens of schools. Talk That's, about the role yeah. that I, I've heard that <coughs> emerging role that chambers of commerce are also having in Leader in Me schools. Sure. Well, let me give you an example. So, um, this is in Bowling Green, Kentucky, right? Hmm. They, they're struggling with workforce development. They're thinking, we gotta attract more businesses here. Okay. And we need, um, and our employ, employers are saying, we, we are lacking something with the graduates we're getting. And so they said, we need, we're gonna do a big workforce development initiative. We wanna attract better companies. We wanna get better workers, right? So they partnered with us. They said, Leader Me is perfect for this. We want to do it across these two districts. They went to the school districts, Chamber of Commerce, led, mm -hmm. right? And uh, got the two districts to buy in and said, we're going to do this across the board. They've got, you know, like 50 schools now doing Leader in Me. And they are attracting people like hotcakes, right? It's, it's working really well. I can see why. Because they yeah. come in, they say, your kids are developing these leadership skills. Um, the employers are loving it because they're getting kids that have got, you know, they know how to collaborate, get along, solve problems wake up on time, show up on time, you know what I mean? These types of things. Um, so that's how cham chambers are leading the Leader in Me initiatives all over the country. You know, it's probably the number one source of funding is through so chambers. A, a first step is probably for a parent or an educator, pick up the book, read the book, get a good sense for what mm -hmm. the initiative is yeah. about and why schools are adopting it. Yeah. The next might even be to uh, visit the website, right? Leader in Me to understand, I'm, <coughs> I'm, I'm guessing you have case studies on there and tutorials of how someone can get involved. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then you've got a large group of coaches and advisors that can actually meet with prospective schools, principals, parents, 
Yeah. Does it usually start at the parent level? Does it start at the superintendent level? Is it the principal level? Is there like a typical yeah. path something catches fire? Yeah, there is. Typically what happens is <clears throat> you have a principal read this book. Okay. So a parent could buy it, two copies, yeah. one for them and what, give one yeah. to their principal. Yeah. Yeah, it's typically um, the starting point is a principal reads it or a parent reads it and they go and talk with the principal. Okay. Or they go and talk with the chamber or somebody like that, right? right? It's always one catalyst. Yeah. You go to any place where we have a lot of leader me schools. You can always, point it back to, the person, point it that to this it. person that's yeah. usually yeah. a parent or a principal. Yeah. Yeah. And how often is that <clears throat> catalyst someone who already has an affinity for the seven habits? They went through the work session in their company, yeah. but the book is there often a correlation from a professional who found the meaning in their own life and wanted to bring it into the school? Yes, there is. I'm guessing. Yeah. I'd say more than not, it's yeah. somebody that had an experience with the seven habits when they were at a corporation. Yeah. Or, yeah well, seven like habits, I think, is, uh, you know, <clears throat> continues to be one of the best-selling books of all time. Yes. Your dad's legacy is huge. Talk a bit about um, the seven habits for a minute in the, in, in the Covey um, power behind that. You're one of seven children? One of nine. One of nine yeah. children. Uh -huh. yeah. Sorry, I excommunicated you <laughs> there. Nine children, four boys? There's uh, four boys, five girls. Four yeah. boys, five. Yeah. You're, yeah. Are you fourth or I'm third? Fourth, yeah. You're fourth from the top. So I was neglected. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, well, I didn't right turn middle. out your shadow yeah. for you. Your father was the co-founder of this company, you know, many years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, for people that know Stephen Covey to this day, you know, um, his, his, although he's passed about, you know, five six, years ago? Six years ago. Six uh -huh. years ago. I should get my numbers right. Uh, his legacy's never been bigger. Mm -hmm. In many ways, you and your older brother Stephen and your brother Josh all work in the firm in some capacity. Your brother, yeah. of course, Sean Covey, or, or Stephen Covey, wrote the Speed of Trust book, which has right. been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Tell us about your dad. For those people who, had a, who hadn't had a chance to meet him, mm -hmm, sure. what are some of the lessons that you learned, respired from your dad? Yeah. Well, I think I, I was lucky to have a good dad. It's like I think many people are. Um, he, was, he was very humble. He was visionary. Um, he believed in people. Uh, he embodied the leader in me. This mm -hmm. idea of everyone has genius and mm -hmm. everybody can be a leader, right? Mm -hmm. he, um, he was affirming. And he was, he was known for his affirmations, and he believed them. He wouldn't just say them, mm -hmm. right? He'd go up to people, and like he'd come up to you right now, and he he'd did. say something like, yeah. Scott, I see this in you, yeah. right? Yeah, many times. And uh, at his funeral, we got hundreds. I, had to, I started a huge book. It's about this thick of letters from people around the world that told their own experience. Wow. You know, I was at this conference back in 1978. We should publish that. That would be interesting. We should. Yeah. And, uh, and your dad came up to me after I spoke and he said this to me, mm. and it's impacted my whole life. I changed my career because of this one statement he said to me. And mm. So he, w he was a good person. He got, um, his strength came from his, his private victories, right? So he was really good in the mornings. At night, everybody would stay up late. My mom would stay up late till 2 a.m. and yeah. he'd always sneak out and uh, go to bed because uh -huh. he'd get up really early. Yeah. And he would uh, get up and he would study and he would read and he would exercise. And then he'd come back and he'd show up for breakfast and he'd be like on fire. Hmm. Oh, kids, I got this great idea. I was reading this morning. And um, so there's so much positive energy from him all yeah. the time, right? Yeah. And I remember uh, one time I was at a conference with him and he gave a speech and we were meeting afterwards. And I was asking him some questions about, Dad, this is right after I'd graduated from college. What should I do with my career? And he so affirmed me. Um, and I remember thinking, I'm not as good as you think I am. <laughs> and then I, I said, well, what do you think leadership is? We were talking about leadership, and he, he paused and he said, I think leadership is communicating to another person 
their worth and potential so clearly that they can see it in themselves. Hmm. And that's a famous quote Very he's known for quote, now. Yeah. And he just, that was before it was ever printed. I heard, I heard the original. Wow. <laughs> and in when he home. said it, it was, it was up at Sundance at a resort where he was doing a conference. Hmm. And, and when he said it, you know, leadership is communicating to another, to another person their worth and potential so clearly they can see it in themselves. When he said that, I, I cheered up because it was so genuine. And I thought, that is leadership, and that's how you make me feel, Dad. Hmm. Is you make me feel like I can accomplish anything. You, you know? What a great dad. Yeah. So I mean, was, we think of him as a leadership guru and a you know, Time right. Magazine yeah. famous person. And he wrote this book, The Eighth Habit, based on that principle. But what an affirming story to yeah. hear him affirm you. Yeah, as good as he was in public, and he was a great author and speaker and yeah. person, he was better as a dad. Because he, he was so, he cared about individuals. He was such a good listener. You've inspired me to go back to my boys tonight and really intentionally affirm yeah. them. It's a great parenting insight. Yeah. Yeah. He was all about affirmation, and, yeah. and it was genuine, right? Yeah. It was a good balance with my mom, because yeah. my mom was, dad was always loyal to principles. Yes. Mom was always loyal to you. Hmm. And so it, oh. was, it was a good balance, yeah. right? You'd come home from you know, from school, and I'd say something like, Dad, my algebra teacher sucks, and I'm going to flunk, and it's his fault. And he'd take me aside and say, Sean, if you flunk algebra, it's your fault. And if you have a problem with your teacher, don't talk about him. Go talk with him. Uh, of course he would say that. And I'd say, Dad, you're so weird. Where's Mom? <laughs> and I'd talk with Mom, and she goes, yeah, your teacher is terrible. <laughs> I'm going to call him. You need a parent like that, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. So it was a, it was a good yeah. balance, right? Your mom's doing well. Yep. Mom's doing well. Yes. Yeah, she's 82. Wow. She's still plugging away yeah, and yeah. does everything, goes to games, and she's in a wheelchair and has been for a while, and it's yeah. been hard for her. I'm sure. Right? Yeah. It's, it's hard to watch your parents age. Right, yeah. Mine are approaching yeah. the same age. Speaking about my dad and this work, he, um, you know, I remember hearing him about six months before he passed away, and he was at a big conference and speaking, and he did Q&A at the end. And I thought to myself, I don't know how much longer he's going to be around. I just had this strange feeling, maybe this would be one of the last times I heard him, right? Mm. And somebody raised their hand and said, uh, what are you most proud of, Stephen? And he said, um, I'd say two things. My family, number one. Number two would be the work we're doing with kids, mm. the leader in me. And then he expounded and he just said, I just think it's, um, these children are pure, they're innocent, they're good. They don't have to unlearn anything. And teaching them, teaching them these powerful principles at a young age is going to change their lives forever. And the work we do with adults is really important, too. And this is more important. Mm. Mm. Um, so he really um, he loved this work. He endorsed it. He originally visited A.B. Combs before I did and mm. said, you got to go see this place, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I think he'd be very proud to see this work spreading across the earth. And our, our vision is. And I think we've got a real pure intent. Our vision is to take this to as many kids as we can. Chinese, Japanese, German, French, Brazilian, American, we don't care. Public, private, charter, religious schools, we don't care. We're going everywhere with this. And um, we hope in time to become the most influential school system ever, right, by 
teaching these ideas and principles to kids everywhere. Well, I think you're well on your way, and I can't think of a better operating system from a, from a behavioral point of view than the seven habits of hazard to people, because it's changed my life. It's why I'm still in the firm yeah. 22 years later, and <clears throat> it's been a phenomenal ride, and you're just starting, it sounds like, huh? Yeah, I think we're just starting. Yeah. yeah. So what's next for you? I mean, you, I don't know how you can write any more books or yeah. that you need to, but I think you've got a few in you. What's next on the horizon for you? Well, um, I just... You're I, speaking a lot. I'm, I'm speaking a lot, yeah. I feel like... Um, I feel a great stewardship towards this, mm -hmm. you know. So it changed my life. I when I visited Muriel Summers that first time, hmm. I didn't know my career would go like this, right? Right. right. So I feel like I um, I want to help this get to the whole earth, right? Hmm. To as many kids as we can. I I'm always writing something, so I'm continuing to write the Happy Kids books. Those have done really yeah. well. And, so great. Yeah. Um, you update every book every couple of years or so, uh -huh. the team's yeah. book and mm -hmm. six most important decisions yeah. and such yeah. and. There is perhaps maybe an execution book in the works as well for educators, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, so the, so the Leader in Me has lots of leadership in it. Mm -hmm. Seven Habits is foundational, so right. is the Four Disciplines of Execution. That's right. right. These principles work for kids, yeah. right? Everybody has a wildly important goal, yeah. your key actions to get there, a scoreboard, and accountability, mm -hmm. right? It's that simple. It works really well. It's, it's mm -hmm. profound. I've always felt like the Four Disciplines are as profound as the Seven Habits. We just don't know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so we think that um, these wildly important goals and the scoreboards work so well in schools, we think we should write a book towards this end that basically talks about, you know, four disciplines for educators, their examples, their pictures, their scoreboards. Yeah. And so we're You're kind of a celebrity. I mean, as I think about you recapping some of your books, to think that 10 million people have purchased your books and who knows how many more have read them yeah. that have been passed on. I'm kind of in the presence of greatness here. I never no, knew I don't it. know about that. No, Anytime I, I, if I ever got a big head, I just go home, my teenagers tell me I'm an idiot. <laughs> I start eating something, they'll say, oh, stop making that noise, Dad, or, <laughs> right? Or they That's make fun of how I dress. And, to humble you. And then, so I go out in the road and I give a big speech and they come home, I get humbled. Yeah, yeah. Really quickly. Yeah. Sean, great <laughs> You've got little ahead. kids, right? I they, do. They I humble you. Four, six, and eight. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, um, would I be Stephen or would I be your mom? I'm not sure. I probably would be like the Stephen, it's your fault. And my wife might be Sandra, your okay, mom. Okay, really? Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. yeah, I'm going to go home and refer my kids. Sean, okay. thank you. Scott, thank Great you. conversation. We'll have you back again on the set, and we appreciate your time today. Okay, thank Great you so Great luck much, in the Scott. year ahead. Great being and on thank the show. you, everybody, for our time today with Sean Covey. Pick up The Leader in Me or any of the other books that he's written or is going to keep writing, and we'll see you here next week with a new guest for On Leadership. Thanks for your time. <laughs>